This is episode number 28 of the Abuse Talk podcast with me, Jennifer Gilmore. Welcome to the Abuse Talk podcast. My name is Jennifer Gilmore and I turned my mess into a message. I'm an author and advocate for women in abusive relationships and promote that together we are louder. Each fortnight there is a new episode on the Abuse Talk podcast featuring a series of interviews with those that work in the domestic abuse sector, getting an inside feel for what it's really like in their job role and sharing it with all of you. There's also a chance for you to join in the discussion by leaving a voice recording a message so that we can share together in the discussion. In this episode, I speak with Deborah Crozier. She's the founding director and CEO at A Positive Start, a social enterprise concerned with new solutions, training, personal development and a person-centred counselling service. Before we get started, I want to say a huge thank you to Rockpool. They're the main sponsors for Hashtag Abuse Talk and they're actually pleased to announce that they're going to be working with nine domestic violence agencies to deliver their online version of the Adult Domestic Abuse Recovery Toolkit, which is funded by big lottery so that's their latest news on their newsletter do find them at rockpool.life and like deborah crozier and a positive start they sponsor hashtag abuse talk i also need to say a big thank you to susan rahima and katrina here who have been loyal supporters of hashtag abuse talk they are a part of my patreon which you can find at patreon.com forward slash jen l gilmore they get everything on the inside what's happening with hashtag abuse talk news updates information a look at the app development that we've got going on and also everything that I do in my world. If you want to join them, find it at patreon.com forward slash Jen L Gilmore. Now here's the interview which you've been waiting for with Deborah Crozier and we're focusing on online counselling. Right, hi everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Hashtag Abuse Talk podcast. Some of you may be watching this on YouTube, so hello to you. I am joined today by the lovely Deborah Cruzier. Is that how you pronounce your name? Because I'm always cautious of that. Crozier. Crozier, Deborah Crozier. And um, we've actually been connected for quite some time, but most importantly, Deborah is a sponsor of Hashtag Abuse Talk. So I'm delighted that we can spread the word about what she is doing with a positive start. So first of all, could you just tell us a bit about you and obviously just a little bit about a positive start and then we'll dig deep into it. Okay, where to begin? Okay, so I'm, I'm Deb. Um, yeah, I run a project called A Positive Start. And what we do here is um, training and development and counselling, um, particularly for people who have suffered abuse, because that's my background, which is the reason why I wanted to sponsor Jennifer and Abuse Talk. Um, I live in the Scottish borders in Hoyk with my husband, Andy, and my little dog, Coco. 
Aww. so <laughs> that's an introduction <laughs> to me <laughs> yeah and I suppose we really connected um with hashtag abuse talk but also because of our northern territory really wasn't it <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah but Yorkshire lasses is it, it, it is Yorkshire is it classed as Yorkshire Hall is it yeah yes yeah. it is we're in East Yorkshire East so Yorkshire, only yeah. just <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah definitely but yeah, I don't know about you, but there's something about us northerners. Um, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm from up north, but we're so polite and friendly and we all get along. And um, I just recently saw a video about um, a southerner living up north and how she goes down the street and everybody says hi to her. And that's not what happens down uh, in the south. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. I definitely go around London going, hi, how are you doing? Good afternoon. <laughs> and I think they're probably looking at me thinking what is going on <laughs> but that's just a bit of us really isn't it I guess <laughs> absolutely but I have actually heard that before lots of people say my, my son went to university in London at Greenwich oh, and, right. yeah and and certainly nobody spoke to you when you were on the tube you know even nobody even looked at you so you know <laughs> yeah, it's a northern thing we, we we've got too much to say for ourselves haven't we <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah <laughs> Well, um, anyway, we connected on Hashtag Abuse Talk, had that common ground, clearly. And um, we've just been talking, connecting and ever since, really. You're a big um, tweeter of ours, so you like to join in our discussions and you obviously contribute heavily to those. And to be honest, I direct people to your services because there's just I haven't seen anything else like it available. So what I would like to do is talk about um, what one area of what you do is the online counselling today. So could you just take us through why um, you do the online counselling and what, you know, sort of led you to that path? Um, yeah, certainly. Um, counselling, I think, is, for me, I think it's an important... Um, it's important to connect to people. It's the same thing as abuse talk, really. It's important to connect to people that are like-minded, that um, that have experienced. I think you know what what, what you've gone through, and if it's if it's an abusive relationship, or um, that's not you know the only reason that we counsel. You know, mm. we see people for lots of different things, not just relationships or abuse, but for lots of anxiety, um, depression, lots of different low mood. You know, especially now during COVID um loneliness you know addiction there's lots of reasons why people might want counseling um and it's just a, it's an opportunity for someone to explore their thoughts and feelings um privately in confidence so they can mm -hmm. say whatever comes into their mind to say without judgment and i think that's really important to be able to get out of your head you know because quite often and certainly for me back at years gone by you know so much happening in your life and you're going over and over in your mind mm. um it, it, you know you make yourself ill worrying about things and if you can well, old saying if you a problem shared is a is a problem halved um and that's what counseling does it allows people the opportunity to have somewhere to come to go through what's in the mind and, and you know maybe get a little bit of, of support yeah and so what um what actually brought you know this path to you why did you want to go down this road is there a, a personal reason or was it something that's helped you or that you've seen in other people um i think i, I didn't seek counseling uh, it weren't something anybody ever offered me um but i felt very isolated i became isolated you know um years ago and i think having somewhere 
I think maybe having someone to confide in is an important part of recovery. Mm. Um, you know, when you can, you can bounce ideas off or you can, you know, sometimes it might just be that you, you've got, you've got ideas in your head and you just want confirmation that actually you're not going crazy, that, you know, this has happened. Can you, can you validate this? You know, um, the sort of counseling that I do is person centered. So I, I, I don't tell people what to think and feel. I don't try to tell them how they should be. It's just about listening to them um, and trying to support them in what, you know, in, in, in their lives and just to, just to be there. And a lot of people find, I, I, I compare it a little bit to confession. You know, when she, <laughs> I don't go to confession now, but when I used to do as a kid, um, you know, you come out of confession and feel lighter. You feel like you've eased your mind, you know, you've got it off your chest, things that you wanted to say. And counseling's mm. a little bit like that, you know, things that go around in your mind, you can share and get off your head, off your chest. Mm. I think um, obviously in the domestic abuse sector, there's mixed views on counselling, you know, about re-traumatising um, and triggering. So do you think it's important to actually see a specific counsellor in that particular area or, you know, I mean, it's really difficult if we're going through certain systems that are in place and we don't have a choice, but what would you say about that? I would say certainly um, somebody who's trauma informed or, or lived experience, you know, because someone who's, who's lived experience that's, that's trained, somebody who's trauma informed understands, understands mm. what you're going through. Um, as I say, it's not for me to say to someone else what they should and shouldn't feel. So it's about them. It all becomes about them, you know, but yeah, I understand. I understand your point of view there because quite often for some people talking about things, doing over it, you can go round and round in circles and, and just make yourself feel worse. Um, that, that's not the point of counselling. It is to move forward, you know, to be able to get some closure to things. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I've, um, for anybody that's listening, I, I've um, gone through um, counselling myself and it was actually quite a while after I started my recovery process and for a particular area and it just so happened to be that the lady that I'd saw um seen was somebody that used to be a domestic abuse support worker and so she understood you know what I needed really or that you know reassurance or guidance and with that in mind and it really did help I think perhaps if I'd have gone down a different you know to a different person that may not have you know help me but I mean I can't say for that can I but I think it's really important to understand what we need as a person in recovery so um, what would you say how would you recognize um, if you do need counseling like what how would you get to that point because obviously sometimes as um, somebody who's gone through an abusive relationship you might be in denial or not even recognize that counseling would help so what point do you think along our recovery journey that we should um, enter into counseling well it's difficult to say because obviously everybody's different Mm -hmm. for me personally um i'd have been i was too ashamed too embarrassed to to reach out to anybody you know nobody knew the extent of what was happening and that was mostly because i were you know i I, I would just, I didn't want to admit it to anybody, you know, least of all me. Um, but I think there comes a point probably for everyone where you do need to reach out, you know, for me, it, it were probably in recovery that I started to talk about it. 
um i was lucky you know i'd got close i've got i've got sisters i've got close family that i were able to confide in so i suppose that in itself is some sort of counseling mm. um but yeah you know it, it's for the individual themselves i think to decide that to decide when they are ready to speak about it and maybe to because you do have to confront at some point what you've gone through you know to to get to get moving forward it's part of the process acceptance and mm. so at that point to, to have someone to bounce those ideas off and to and you know for reassurance as you say support um then, then it's important yeah mm. and i think sometimes I, d I don't know this is just me again speaking personally about my experiences is that my my now husband who at first was a friend and looking at everything as a, of a bird's eye point of view and could maybe guide and sort of offer advice without that personal feeling um then became obviously personally involved and was too upset about things that I might talk about and wasn't the person that I could talk to anymore really about you know triggers or things that were upsetting because it was you know actually upsetting him and sometimes his advice would be to maybe bite back um you know in certain situations or things because he was feeling a similar frustration to me um you know through the court process so actually the counselor for me offered that way to you know like what you were saying offloading it and also getting another opinion on it in not an opinion but am i doing the right thing because i don't know about you but there were times that i if somebody's been in control of my life for a long time and made all of my decisions it's really difficult then for me to make independent decisions after coming out and so a lot of the time i used to ask for permission for pretty much anything and so it helps me having somebody saying that that was an okay decision or that was an okay choice or I am in control and that I can make up my own mind. Um, but it's not easy, is it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, I don't know about you, but having somebody that isn't personally involved can help that kind of side of things. Yeah. So this has led you to obviously a positive start cic which um is a community interest company so that um was back in 2017 i believe so do you want to tell us about the process of that and you know how it's grown the shape it's taken yeah certainly so um yeah a positive start actually started as um more of a training so it were, it, it were my experiences written down that i were going out and sharing um it became that was probably 2008 maybe even a little bit before that um 2017 i decided well i had an opportunity for it to become a community interest company mm -hmm. and that allows a platform then to deliver you know you can apply for funding we don't tend to to be fair um but we yeah we could apply for funding if we wanted to for various projects that we want to do um so yeah we opened up as in 2017 um counseling is something that i've been doing for, for a long time um and i didn't necessarily that weren't the plan initially you know it were going to be more of um writing workshops and things like that um but i found that counseling is really needed and mm -hmm. sort of more and more so you know since we've been doing it um a lot of counseling can be quite expensive and uh, one of my concerns is and certainly for me back in the day i i wouldn't have been able to afford counseling mm. you know um and, and that's a worry to me that how, 
there are some free services out there but quite often you know i have people come to me that have been on waiting lists for months um waiting for free services so so that's how it came about it was what what's needed how can we best help the community you know um and that that's basically how counseling came to be mm. and you do something you know different there because you offer this for free don't you um could you explain a bit more about that we do we offer some some counseling for free so we offer so many free sessions so mm -hmm. you know startup so that um and then we offer on a sliding scale so you pay what you can at that point so mm -hmm. if um you know if you could only afford to pay 10 pounds a session then that you know that's what you would pay um for an hourly session but we offer six free sessions up front and quite often that can be enough for some people mm -hmm. um you know we do what we don't do is we don't hang hang on to people for for months and months and months because of uh, you know we want we want to um keep the income coming in that's not the purpose of what we do we want people to come and to um you know to be able to explore their thoughts and feelings with some support as you say quite often when you've left a relationship that's been really controlling um you, you don't know your own mind anymore you don't know what you think and feel and so to have that sort of support there that safety net where you can explore what you think and feel and discuss it you know that's that if you come to me and said I think I think this, but I'm not sure. Then we could talk about that, mm. you know, and, and what's the outcome of this, you know? Um, and and that, that's basically what we do. We want, we want to be able to offer services that people can afford to use, you know, because um, nobody should not be able to afford to get support for mental health. Yeah. And um, again, it's so valuable. I mean, six sessions, I think, is, you know, incredible, you know, what you're doing. And I've been following um, for a while. I've obviously signposted people to you because I felt that's, you know, where they are and they can obviously access it if they need to, etc. But um, I, th I suppose I need to say, you know, thank you for, for what you're doing in providing that, because I think it's an important service that can be accessed, you know, easily with ease. And I have been given, um, people have sent in some questions about the online counselling, so I want to go through those with you because I think that sort of why, you know, gets a bigger feel of what you do. So um, we've had questions come in and we'll just pop through them. So okay. have you seen an increase in the need for your services during lockdown? Yes. The first. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've we've also seen people return because of lockdown i think yeah yeah i think it's been a difficult one i, I to be honest i w would have been worried if you said no because <laughs> it has been an unusual time hasn't it um yeah. obviously we've said um about online counseling so how do people actually access your services so initially because i do an initial assessment because obviously um, not everybody will benefit from the kind of counselling that we, you know, that I provide. Um, and so it's important that we do an initial assessment to start with. So I ask people to contact me via email or phone uh, initially. And then we do a, up to an hour, it can be. Not everybody wants to talk for an hour, <laughs> um, but up to an hour for an initial assessment. Um, and just to go over and to see whether or not they think the sort of counselling that we offer would benefit them you know because mm. there's no point coming along and, and just sitting and talking about something if if you don't think you're going to get any benefit from it um so that's initially so you know either a phone call or an email okay and um someone's asked is 
Is online counselling as effective as in-person counselling? Honestly, I would say possibly not. Um, for me personally, I think it's important to be sat in a room with someone so that they, you know, there's lots, what was it, up to 90% of communication is non-verbal. Um, you know, and, and, and if you're telling your deepest, darkest secrets to someone, when they're sat in front of you, you can read their body language. And, you know, and I think that's a really important aspect. That said, Zoom's the next best thing, you know, and mm -hmm. obviously, you know, you use, you use online forums a lot. Um, so, so they are effective, they're good, probably not as good as face-to-face. -face. Yeah. Okay, so um, we've had another question. We've covered part of this, but I guess um, you might want to expand on it. So how did you actually get into counselling? Um, I probably tripped into it, to be fair. It's something that I enjoy, but um, it's something I've probably always done. Um, you know, people tend to ask me for advice. Um, and like yourself, when you've got lived experience of something, you're quite happy to share that advice, you know, and, and try to help if you can. Um, so, yeah, psychology has always been something I've been fascinated by. So I, I went to uni to do a psychology degree, um, applied psychology and counselling sort of, you know, that, that's where I ended up. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoy it. Yeah, it's good. That's no problem. And um, a, a quite personal question. Can counselling help with PTSD? I believe it can. Again, I, I think everything is down to, to being person-centred, person you know. It's down to the individual themselves. Um, but yeah, counselling can help. So anybody basically listening that has asked questions, um, you know, um, Deborah said that she will do that first introduction hour so if you feel like you know maybe that's helped answer those questions and that you feel like you want to explore counseling then please just get in touch with um deborah she's willing <laughs> as we know so um let's talk about um stand because i know we've had a few emails about this so um i'll let you explain about that and um your sort of i suppose is it like a next project or an, something that you're adding into a positive start yeah so stand something that i've been working on for a long time so i started this at uni so I was doing actually some counselling, some support of survivors of child sex abuse. Um, and that's where it came from. Um, you know, working with a few survivors and, and learning and understanding about their experiences um, and, and wanting to put something in place to, it's like with everything, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. And, you know, if only we knew this. And so that's where it came from. So STAND is an acronym for Stop, Think, Act, Never Doubt. And that's the message that you get in the workshop, basically, mm -hmm. at the end of it. You come to understand what that means. Um, and STAND itself, I've, I've, so I've been working recently with um, a lady from the CSA Centre of Expertise. She's been, she's provided the kind assistance as my critical friend to tell me, <laughs> to tell me to shut up and what to not put in and things like that, you know, because I do waffle on it, I'm afraid about some things. <laughs> and so she's been kind enough to tell me when to shut up and when to stop and when it's too much. Um, but this is about addressing grooming behaviours. So, right. you know, um, it's about exploitation, manipulation, coercive behaviour, and it addresses 
how people are targeted, mm -hmm. uh, why they're targeted, what, you know, what is it that would draw someone to that person? Um, and it's not what, always what you think it is. It's about looking at the process of that and uh, how, how do we prevent, you know, what can we do as individuals to stop that happening? So that's what stand is. It's a workshop, it's a training workshop. Yeah. And I'm yeah. going to make it available online shortly. <laughs> yeah, I know we're preempting it, aren't we? But, you know, it's such um, an important thing to talk about, you know, um, looking at even the word prevention. I know we've had discussions before about what the issue is in regards to prevention and, and with funding. But actually, it's really our only way to start to help people. You know, there's we can help people after they've been through it. But what about helping people before they've been through it so that they are equipped with all the tools and uh, everything they need to understand that this relationship isn't a good one um this is what the profile of a healthy relationship is and an unhealthy relationship so um how will be, how will the training work is it going to be online ready or is it going to be in person what what's it going to look like yeah so um it's it's going to be delivered again through zoom so you'll be able to download sort of the the um the worksheets and things like that originally it was just going to be face to face i started out doing it face to face but then obviously lockdown came in and so we've looked at different ways and like yourself we're having a new website built so that we can accommodate this mm -hmm. um so yeah um I'll, I'll let you know it should it should have been ready um it's, it's taken a bit longer than we thought, but yeah, we'll get in there. I think it's sometimes important to have, you know, feel right about it though. So you're doing the right thing on that. Um, yeah. Is it, so let me just check, is this for um, people that are working in the sector or can members of the general public access it? Is it, or is it non-specific? Can anyone just pile yeah. in there? <laughs> well, the, the one that's that's ready to run is actually for tutors so i be, you know it's, it's looking for people that want to go out and train other people on this mm. um so organizations and you know um people that are already trainers in this area safeguarding maybe do child child safeguarding um but we're also running a workshop that will be for adults so for people that that have got children um anybody really anybody that any of us are capable of being manipulated and coerced so yeah anyone i guess and um, when you say that it reminds me of how marketing works because marketing is a form of manipulation in a way and you know yeah. as somebody in business and uh, we get told we need to see the advert at least 20 times before we'll even consider it so we're thinking about where to put that advert and how and it's really interesting to look at um manipulation and actually how it's a a normal thing to us you know we're already susceptible to it yeah. um anyway so that's a stand um which is stop think act never doubt and will be available soon so um how can people find you and how can people i don't know put their name on the waiting list to hear more about stand they can contact me via our website which is a positive start.co.uk um and there's a contact form on there they can just write in there there is a thing about stand on there um little advert about it so you can write on there and just you know like i'd like further information yeah and we'll keep you updated no problem and i'll pop um um the links and everything in the description of this so everybody could just click right through and that'll be really nice and easily um and also just to say really um that 
you've been a part of abuse talk it's really lovely to have you i know i tag you in a few posts i think uh you know directing to you know your services um or anywhere that you can help so i find you a valuable connection so thank you for doing everything that you do um what would you say as the final thing to somebody sitting on the edge of the fence wondering whether or not to get in touch with you for some help and support i say just do it absolutely yeah definitely <laughs> getting get in touch so we know both of us know how difficult it is to make that first step to contact someone and you know to to just reach out um Oh, and obviously we abuse to it. you're actually reaching in you know it's, it's making it easier for people to contact um yeah you, if you're looking for support you've come to the right place that was that's what i'd say yeah that's great so don't hesitate um deb is really friendly we've spoken on many occasions and her door is open so take that first step so thank you for that advice and um just a note to say, I always end videos saying together we're louder and I think that's what we're doing together in our connection. So thank you so much for joining me and for sharing about what you do and with a positive start, CIC, and your new projects going forward. And I wish you all the best with it. <laughs> thank you very much and thank you very much for having me. Since this podcast episode has been recorded, there are a few changes. And just to let you know that the online counselling is available, but it isn't free at the moment. It'll be pending the funding that is needed for Deborah's services at a positive start. Do seek her out. She's always available to respond to emails and any queries. The next episode of Hashtag Abuse Talk podcast is out on the 22nd of October. You can find that on our website, www.abusetalk.co.uk. You can subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, other podcast um, players like Google, and also now on Amazon Music. So do check us out, review us over there if you've been listening for a while. Any feedback is really helpful and helps us in the charts, believe it or not. We managed to get to number 17 in Ireland, and I think somewhere like that in Germany just the other month. So please do leave us a review. And if you are listening on Access Northwest radio station, you can listen in on Wednesdays at 8pm, Saturdays at 2pm and Mondays at 5am for those early risers. You have been listening to Jennifer Gilmore, author of Isolation Junction and Clipped Wings. You can find them both on Amazon or head to my website personally, jennifergilmore.com. <laughs> <laughs>